Welcome to the Pastors in Transition podcast, a podcast designed to help pastors, families, and churches navigate the challenges of ministry and career transitions. Our goal is to provide hope, help, and healing as we help you discover and define what's next. My name is Ben DeStefano, your host of the Pastors in Transition podcast. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get started. Well, hey, everyone, here we are with the very first episode of the Pastors in Transition podcast. It would be an understatement to say that we are excited to share this podcast with you. We know how hard it is to transition in ministry and career roles because we've been there. So we want to be a help to you and your family. We want to see you thrive in your transition. Today, in our very first episode, we talked to the founder of the Pastors in Transition Ministry, Mark Fitter. It's an encouraging conversation and one that we hope you find extremely helpful. So here's my conversation with Mark Fitter. Mark, so glad to have you on the very first episode of the Pastors in Transition podcast. Thanks for kicking things off for us. Ben, thanks so much. It is uh, such a privilege uh, to be a part of this work. Uh, as, we'll, as we'll share as we go forward, I was a, uh, in pastoral ministry for 35 years and uh, have transitioned out of pastoral ministry, have a huge heart for pastors and their family, know what it's like to go through the trials and tribulations of being a pastor, of walking your family through that, of going through difficult and challenging times and wondering what's next in your life after you're a pastor. So I'm so excited to be a part of this and to try and help other pastors and their families that are looking forward to, and some not looking forward to, a transition from pastoral ministry into something else. Yeah, and you know, as we said in our in our pilot episode, we are we are really excited to be able to offer this podcast to highlight the ministry that is pastors in transition. Like you said, uh, it's it's really challenging, and pastors have to find uh, some hope and some help. Uh, many of them have to find healing as, as part of their transition and recovery effort. And that's what you started. You, you started Pastors in Transition uh, with that in mind. We, we connected just a few months ago as I was helping a friend of mine in, in his transition. And we came up with this idea of, of the podcast to simply enhance and get the word out about what Pastors in Transition is doing. So Mark, can you, can you give us an overview of what Pastors in Transition is all about? Sure. Pastors in Transition is about helping pastors and their families who are going through a difficult exit from their pastoral ministry. That being said, Pastors in Transition, uh, we believe, is very unique because we're kind of an all-under-one-roof ministry. We, we offer help to pastors and their families in the way of professional counseling, mentoring, coaching, and very importantly, in the area of their vocation. What are they going to do next? How are they going to retool to be able to provide for their family and do something they believe God is calling them to do and feel uh, successful because they found God's next calling for their life? 
we walk the journey with them. This is not a, hey, one call and, and you're out. But we're here to walk the entire journey with pastors and their family. And most importantly, Pastors in Transition is a nonprofit ministry. So we do not charge pastors for the, the care and the ministries that we provide. Uh, we want to love on them and their families. Uh, they have given and sacrificed so much. We want a chance to give back to them, care for them, and help them through their transition, find hope, healing, and direction for their life in the future. That's, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, everything you just talked about are, are all those important parts of the healing process that, that mentoring, that coaching, uh, you know, peer counseling, as you talked about prayer support, you know, just, just looking for somebody that, that will pray with them. I, I know that I'm sure it's difficult for many pastors to, uh, to ask for prayer. I mean, depending on your situation, there could be embarrassment of, of what's happening or uh, probably more so for many of us, when you're in transition, you've lost that support network that you've been a part of for so long. And, and really there's nobody, nobody locally perhaps to turn to, and that can be quite a challenge, right? Boy, that is exactly right. So when you think about this, um, I know that in some areas of our country, there's very large churches with lots and lots of pastors and staff. But most churches have one pastor and some maybe two. And so when you think about it, maybe there's 80 to 100 congregants and there's one pastor. And so that that pastor and his family are very unique. And when the average Christian goes through a transition, maybe they get fired at work. They're going through a marital issue, problems with their kids, something like that, financial issues. They tend to turn to their church and they should turn to their church. That's what the scripture teaches us. But when the pastor is going through an exit, when the pastor is going through an exit from his ministry, he loses his church. He loses his small group, his support group. The pastor's wife uh, loses her, her women's ministry. The, the, the youth lose the youth group. The children lose the children's ministry. And all of a sudden, this family that was so integral in this church and so supported and, and hopefully cared for, all of a sudden are out on their own. And it's a challenge for denominations because denominations are often caught in the middle. If there's a, a conflict between the pastor and the church, it's difficult for the, for the uh, denomination because they're trying to sort of work both sides of the fence. And, uh, and, and so it's difficult for them. And I think probably later we'll get into what I transitioned into, but just a sneak peek. Um, I'm now an attorney and, uh, you know, as an attorney, we talk about conflict of interest. We're not going to represent, um, you know, two parties that are on opposite ends of an issue, but so often denominations kind of get caught in that because the pastor and the family wants support. And the church wants support. And so it's difficult. So Pastors in Transition is not connected nor affiliated with the denomination. Uh, we are independent and we are here to support the pastor and his family uh, in their transition and be the church to them, be the small group to them, be the counselor, be the support, be the encourager, and be everything that the, the congregation hopefully was being to them at some point 
And we want to pick up where they left off and add to that. We're going to add value to that with the, the professionals and the, uh, um, the peer counselors and the lay folks we have that are part of PIT. We want to add to that value by giving them services to help them in their time of need and to give them a place of solace, a safe place to talk. Uh, it's often challenging for uh, pastors as well as their spouses to have a safe place to talk. So often churches, you know, will say, uh, you know, the pastor's wife, you know, come to the women's group, share with us, talk with us. Right. I, I had one pastor that came to us and his wife was talking to us. And she said, you know, the women's ministry, the group always wanted me to talk and share about needs and prayer requests. And she said, you know, whatever I shared with them wound up on the agenda at the church board meeting that my past, my, my husband sat in on the following month. Yeah. And so we, we want to give them a safe haven where they truly can rest and trust that what they say to us is kept to us and protected. And we are truly here to care for them. And I think that is uh, one of the, 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 the best things about pastors in transition is, is how you said that we want to be the church for the pastors who now don't have a church. Uh, it's just so important for us to be able to find those places to share our heart, to, to know that we're not alone in what we're going through. And for guys like you, for guys like me, um, we've been through it. We've been through transition all from different perspectives, different parts of the country, different backgrounds. So really we can offer a lot of variety to guys and, and, and women and families and, and churches, if, if the churches reach out to us so that we can help them uh, find their next step with, with healing. So, so Mark, uh, we can hear it in your voice, this, this desire to help. Where did this desire come from? And uh, what, what was it? Um, in your journey that really, that really made you go from, you know, I'm going through this, but now I want to create something to actually help people who are going through it. Oh, that's a great question. So um, part of my journey, uh, uh, when I got, when I wanted to go into ministry and when I say go into ministry, I mean, vocational ministry where I'm on staff at a church and that's where I'm getting paid and that's my income. I said, I will never, I will never get out of this. And I remember I went to Biola. Some of you folks listening to this might know about Biola. Went to Biola and uh, one of my counselors said, you know, you should, you should probably major in something other than Bible because, you know, sometimes pastors get out of the ministry. And I said, you're crazy. I will never get out of the ministry. So fast forward. <laughs> and uh, I never thought I would. And uh, I and my family went through some really challenging times. And it, so many things just did not make sense to me. Uh, I didn't understand how some people who said they were Christians, they were acting seemingly uh, exactly opposite of what the scripture teaches and their treatment of me and my family. And I just didn't get that. Um, and it, it it got to a place where I thought this is, this is not good for anyone. Uh, I, I need to be out and, and, and my family needs to be out because uh, unfortunately just because someone's been in a church a long time and they're in leadership doesn't necessarily mean they're a mature Christian. 
And so sometimes pastors or families suffer at the hands of people that simply are influencers and not necessarily, you know, the most spiritual people in the church. Not saying there aren't very spiritual people in leadership, because I'm sure there are, but there's no guarantee just because someone's in leadership doesn't mean that, that somehow they were, you know, noticed as the most spiritual person in the church. And so uh, I wanted to transition out and I thought, what in the world can I do? All my background in education is in ministry related fields, biblical do you, studies. Do you, do you uh, sorry to jump in, but I, I'm just wondering, do you remember what you were feeling through those transition periods through that time? Like, yeah, I was scared your, to death. Okay. What was going on in your heart and in your mind? you you had some fear. You were scared. Um, I was scared. What else, what else were you sensing? Yeah, I was angry because I thought I have given and sacrificed for you people all this time. And, and this is how you're going to treat me. Hmm. It seems so unfair. I felt cheated, uh, angry, scared, because what am I going to do? What, what am I possibly going to do to try and support my family in this right. situation? Right. And so and, it's interesting in what you just said, I, I heard like almost a line of demarcation there there so there was a point in your mind where it became you against them right oh yes it, it was yes, it was definitely it was how could you do this to us right and so yes. this this again going back to to why you wanted to start this there's a the pastors and their family lose connection lose family they lose unity and it does, in, in some cases, really feel like an us versus them scenario. Yeah, it definitely does. And I mean, there were promises made to me that were broken. Mm. I remember the final quote unquote church meeting that I was a part of. And the individual who was the leader of the board was going through and leading this congregational meeting and talking about what we're doing and how we're doing this. And from the back impromptu, his wife raises her hand and starts, you know, attacking me. And I'll never forget his words. And he said, well, I didn't know the meeting was going to take this turn. And I mean, I wanted to jump up and say, you are such a liar. This is your wife. You planned this. This is a setup. And so, I mean, I'm just being blatantly honest. I was angry. I was hurt. And I did feel like they were teaming up and, you know, ganging up against me. And it just felt so wrong. Right. If you got an issue with your pastor, the reality is when you get hired as a pastor, it's not a guarantee you're going to be there for life. There's transition but do it in a godly way, do it in a God honoring biblical way. Mine was not. And so I was angry, you know, uh, how they treated us. I was scared about what can I do besides go work a minimum, minimum wage job. And even though being a pastor doesn't pay a lot, it, it's more than minimum wage. And hopefully it's enough to at least feed your family. So I thought, you know, what, what am I going to do? And so there was a lot of emotion and anger and, and frustration uh, at that point. And so I began thinking about what can I do and who is there to help me? And, and honestly, I'll tell you, I did feel like, you know, I've helped people for 35 years of my life and I've given and sacrificed. Where are these people now to help me? Where can I get help? 
So I started looking around and I was fortunate to be connected to some Christian groups here in uh, Orange County, California. And, you know, this person said, well, call this person, call that person. And I did. I called um, large ministries. I'm not going to name them, but if I did, you would know them because everyone knows these ministries. And I said, hey, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm out. And uh, I'm looking for something to help guys like me. And the response I got from every one of these global, not just national, but global ministries was, you know what? There's nothing like that that we know of. And the church really needs it. And in my research, I found organizations that, for instance, offer maybe counseling to pastors seminars, you know, retreats, workshops, and those are all great. But I didn't find one place where a pastor could go and come in and bring his brokenness and his wounded family and say, here's the pile of rubble. How can we fix this? How, how can we move on in all areas, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, vocationally? How can we move on? And you're saying apart from, apart from a retreat, uh, a seminar, cause those are one-offs, right? Like you go for a weekend, you go for a couple hours and you're going to get information, but it's a one-off and, and you go back home and there's not necessarily a connection there. What you're talking about is what I hear you saying is, is you're looking for somebody to walk with you over the next X number of months, maybe even a year as you're, as you're going through this transition, not just a, not just a one and done, but a, you know, maybe a weekly mentoring call or a, you know, a check-in every so often. And uh, as well as tips and suggestions and prayer and all that kind of stuff. Right. That's exactly right. And yeah, I I'm certainly not putting down any of those resources because I believe in them and we refer people there. Right. We have a right. list of ministries. And hey, we know if, if you're a pastor and, and you go, hey, I want to, I just want to go get absorbed into a church and, and heal in this church and maybe even have people give donations toward us, I can send you to a ministry that'll help you do that. If you want to go to a place and go to a retreat and um, get blessed in that retreat, I got a guy to send you to. Yep. If you want to, if you want to do a personal retreat, you and your spouse and go, Go, go visit in a host home for six days out of a week and get cared for and minister to. I got a ministry to send you to. I got a list that there, we don't have the corner of the market to help the pastors, but what's unique about us is that we cover all the areas, emotional, spiritual, vocational, relational, and we walk the journey to walk you through it. It's not just a one-time event. It's who's going to, who's going to be here. If I need to call someone, you know, Friday night at eight o'clock and I yeah. need to talk yeah. and, and who, who is there that that's safe? You know, what I found is that so often the pastor's wife is much more injured than the pastor. Yeah. And uh, it kind of reminds me of like Job, right? It was harder, I think on his wife to see him suffer than on Job. Cause she's the one that said, curse God and die. Why don't you curse God and die? Right. And so I can tell you my experience, generally a pastor's wife is more injured because she's had to watch people <clears throat> treat the person she loves oftentimes in a very, in a very poor way. And so we have ladies who their ministry is to be your friend 
be your peer counselor, listen to you and be a confidant. And almost a hundred percent, I can tell you the pastors who come to us, their wives have been betrayed by women in the church. And we say, you know, I know it's going to be a hard step to try to trust someone again, but I'm going to give you a phone number. And this person is here for you. It is completely between you and them. They're not, we're, they're instructed not to talk to anyone about it. And oftentimes the reality is the, you know, you're hundreds, if not thousands of miles apart, they have no idea who your circle of friends are or your circle is where you live. And that is just such a valuable resource. I don't know. There may be, I don't know of other ministries that provide that for instance. Right. And so, um, you know, I, we, we provide professional therapists. I don't know of other ministries that provide that at no cost. Mm -hmm. uh, we provide vocational assessments. You know, I will give one caveat. So, so the gentleman who does our vocational assessments, he's great at it. And he does it professionally. And I think he charges $500 to $1,000 when he does it professionally. He does it for our pit pastors at no cost. The only thing they he does say is he said, Mark, I want them to I want them to buy the inventory. <laughs> I want I want to know that they're committed to this. So I think it's, right. I don't know, like a hundred dollars the pastor would pay just to buy the inventory from the organization. But uh like Pitt, we don't charge anything for it. But and you know, if they don't have the money, we'll buy it for them. But he wants to make sure that they're committed. And then he'll do he'll uh he'll review the inventory and he does, I think it's like a two hour, a two hour conference. And, and if you're married, he wants your spouse to be a part of it. And it's all about retooling for God's next call in your life. It's such a valuable resource that Pitt offers. Yeah. That's and, a tremendous, that's a tremendous resource. That's Ron Henry. And uh, just to let the cat out of the bag, Ron is going to be our guest on the next two episodes of the pastors in transition podcast. Uh, and, and I can tell you, we've already recorded those powerful, powerful content that you will want to tune in and check out just as Mark is saying vocational assessment, but in the context of, of God, God's development on your heart. And, uh, it's, it's strong, Mark, it's strong. These, uh, the, the audience but, is going to love it. Yeah. You know, and this Ron's a great guy because mm -hmm. One of the biggest challenges we see pastors who get forced out or feel they need to get out is that, what am I going to do to support my family? Yeah. How can I go from being a pastor? How does that translate into the marketplace? Right. And Ron is great at that. Ron and I have known each other, oh gosh, I don't know, 10 years, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this guy is a resource. I yeah. mean, yeah. he is a resource and he is so well networked in the Christian community that what a, everyone I send to him just raves about his care and you know he's passionate and and the truth is he really is giving of his time because he has every right in the world to charge significantly this guy is a great asset and he's got a heart for pastors and so he does he does his service for free and what a joy just to know okay this is not just where i'm going to be successful but where i'm going to sense a fulfillment in my next calling from god and, and so, in fact, I did that. I did that yeah. assessment when I yeah, started. So I was going to say, I was going to say you, 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 you walked through that. If we could jump back, uh, just, this is great stuff, man. If we could just jump back to 
your transition because you you touched on it with the vocation and the assessments that 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 pastors in transition offers how did you go from you 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 said you were scared because you didn't yes. know what to do next how right did you, how did you go from being a pastor to a lawyer i'm gonna tell you that sounds like jumping from one fire to another but good <laughs> on you and uh, i'm just interested what walk us through that process and walk us through that decision-making because I think for some of us, I think for some of us, we would feel like we're turning our back on what God called us to. How did you wrestle with that? And how did you end up being in the, in the legal profession? Well, that's a great question. And I did wrestle with that. I felt like I'm being unfaithful to God because I was called to be a pastor and I mean, the, the years and the hours of prayer and study and focus and discipleship and mentoring and retreats and camps and preaching and teaching and studying and translating the Bible. And like, how can I, this is who I am, you know, and as a man in this country too, let's be real. A lot of our self-worth comes and our identity comes from what we do. And so here I'm this guy who. I'm in charge of this, you know, pretty good sized church. I come and go as I want. I do it. I feel like I'm, I'm teaching is my real gift. I'm doing what I'm called to do. And how can I possibly leave this and change and do something different uh, at this point in, in my life? And so I did actually do the assessment with Ron Henry. And I felt, and I felt that uh, in my heart, the only other thing I would really feel called to do and like I wanted to do to be successful at and be fulfilled at was being an attorney. I know that sounds weird for most pastors, but uh, my, that's kind of how God wired me. So my journey as, as and, and you'll discover this if you do this assessment with Ron. So my journey as a Christian, I was raised in a Christian house, but uh, I didn't become a Christian until I was 17. And shortly after that, I had a crisis of faith because I was in a I was going to a, a public college and it, it seemed like every professor's job was to put down Christianity. And so I started asking questions about it. And, and, and this just kind of comes out how God wired me, how he created me. And I wanted answers and I couldn't find them. And one night I was just kind of going through the, turning the radio dial for, for you younger folks. Um, that's like a box with a spinny thing on it that when you turn it and it goes to different um, lines, you hear different people saying or singing things. So... <laughs> I had to throw that in. Good description. Yeah. Yeah. So I came across this guy answering Bible questions and not just Bible questions, but difficult philosophical um, biology questions, philosophy questions, science questions. And I mean, it was just, you could tell that connected to my soul. And I found out it was a guy named Dr. Walter Martin. Found out he wrote a book called Kingdom of the Cult and many other books. And that he started a ministry called um, Christian Research Institute. And I mean, I couldn't get enough of that. And, and I, I discovered the field of Christian apologetics. 
And so you can kind of tell right away I was wired to be kind of a fact person. And so uh, moving forward, uh, in fact, one of my master's degrees is in Christian apologetics. And so I've always kind of been that fact guy. So really going into law was, was a similar concept, but just a different field, albeit to be more difficult, (laughs) more difficult course of study. And the California bar is, is not for the squeamish. That's for sure. But so here I am, I I know I'm going to be forced out of my pastorate and I'm losing my income. I'm losing my calling. I'm losing my sense of worth and value. I'm losing who I am and what I love to do. And what am I going to do to not just survive, but feel like I'm making a difference. And so a few things happen at the same time, one of which was connecting to Ron. And uh, when I, when I went through the assessment and if you do this, you'll see, you get kind of this funnel and the tip of the funnel is supposed to be, again, not just what you'll be successful at, but what you'll be fulfilled at. And at the top of that was attorney. And Ron will tell you that it's not necessarily that you're going to find new things, but it's more so affirming what you think God wants you to do. And that was true because I felt that was the only other thing I could do in life and feel like I was doing what I was called or gifted to do. And that same time, I I also joined an organization called um, FCCI, Fellowship of Christian Companies International, uh, which I think Ron might have introduced me to as well. Great organization. We send people there too. And uh, s- jumped in in the group. Uh, I live in, in San Clemente, California. I jumped in that group and met a lady. And I was I needed a job. And one of the ladies that, that showed up, she said, hey, um, I work for a hospice company and we need a part-time hospice chaplain. Would you do that? Now, that was so weird because I needed a job, but I had no idea what I could do or how I could even make income close to being a pastor. And the funny thing is I had always told God, I'll do anything you want except work with sick people or old people. And so I became a hospice chaplain. <laughs> and so I did that and I, uh, I, I wound up loving it. I wound up loving it. And I also wound up and just help me out if I'm getting off track. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. I also wound up uh, getting a job as an assistant to a Messianic rabbi at a Messianic congregation. Hmm. And so I was working there as well. What, how that's connected is I was speaking one Saturday because they meet on the Sabbath sure. and I was speaking about the difference between being a pastor and a hospice chaplain and how you had more freedom as a pastor versus a hospice chaplain. Uh, But how I said I had so many more opportunities to minister as a hospice chaplain uh, in unique ways that I never had as a pastor. And so I'm telling you this to let you know, just because you exit the pastorate doesn't mean you exit the ministry. And so after the sermon, this lady comes up and she says, hey, I'm the head hospice chaplain at this hospice. And we need a part-time hospice chaplain. <laughs> I said, okay, I guess two part-time jobs is going to work for me. And 
it was wonderful because um, while it didn't pay quite as much as being a, the pastor, because the church I was at again was pretty large, it was pretty close. And I couldn't believe that all of a sudden I had this, these jobs that maybe was going to help my family survive and was going to allow me the flexibility to study for law school. So yeah. I never could have orchestrated that. I mean, to see God's hand in what happened in my life was just amazing. You know, you know, Mark, we, we pastors preach this week to week, month to month, year to year, that, that God's going to, God's going to take care of us. God's, God's a good father, right? Who gives good gifts and we preach it. We, we say it in counseling, but when we're faced with it, it's a, it, it can, it can rock your world a little bit. And you, you have that, that crisis of faith for a moment, but you hear stories like this and you're reminded, no, it is true. God does take care of us. God does want the best for us. And, and if we would live with eyes open, because in, in everything that you said, Mark, nothing was random. The story could feel random, but it wasn't. There was always a connection. There was always a relationship. There was always somebody somewhere at a moment that if, if you were listening, if I was listening, turned us on to the next opportunity. And it takes the courage to accept that. It takes the humility to accept a new role or a new position that we may not be trained for. Or uh, again, again, some of it may be, I thought, you know, it's a letting go of pride. I thought I was this, but now I've, I have to do something else. But in every step of the way, God cares for us and covers us. And I think the story, as you were telling that story, I was reminded of the scripture that says in all things, God works together for good. That there is yeah, going, to be, for, there's going to be good that comes out of it. Here's the challenge. It's hard right now. It's hard right now. I'm going to shift gears just a little bit before we, we, we close up our first episode uh, because I want to, I want to, I want to get this in and I want to get your perspective and I want to get your, your one encouragement to pastors as we wrap up the Barna research company, the Barna research group in October of 21. So just three months ago, four months ago, came out with a survey that said, um, 30, 38% of pastors, 38% of pastors are thinking about quitting 38% of pastors in an October 2021 poll, we're thinking about quitting. You dig down a little bit on on that that data, and um, it really it really uh, says that 46 percent of pastors under the age of 45 are considering quitting full time ministry. When you go to the mainline churches, 51 percent, 51 percent. The 38% across the board in October of 2021 is up 9% from January of 2021. COVID did a lot of damage and uh, pastors are making choices and there's a lot of people 
are thinking about quitting and walking away. Some are going to be forced to do that. Others by choice. What do you say to those pastors who are looking at transition? What's one thing that you would want them to know, whether it's by choice or by force? What's one thing that you would want them to know as they are in the middle of the transition process? I want to go right back to the verse you were quoting, Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. If you are truly following God's purpose, don't be afraid of being bounced out of your current calling into a new calling because God can use you in sometimes unique and greater ways. I think about Joseph at the end of Genesis when his brothers were with him and his brothers were afraid he was going to kill him. And he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And I hate to say this. Sometimes there are people that mean to hurt you. That's reality. But God has a purpose and your ministry can be greater. One of my favorite sayings is your greatest hurt can become your greatest ministry. In my law practice, I practice in the area of real estate law, business representation and estate law. And in estate law, I oversee our trust administration. And trust administration usually means someone died, sometimes because someone's incapacitated, but mostly it's because someone died. I have had the opportunity to minister to people and counsel them in ways I never would have as a pastor. I never dreamed I would do more counseling as an attorney than I did as a pastor. And I want to tell you, uh, don't be afraid to hold what God gives you with open hands because your next calling can be even greater. It may be different, but that's okay. Because God can call you to something even greater than you're doing now. And just because you're not getting paid by the church doesn't mean you're not a minister anymore. It just means you're in a new calling from God. Oh, that's, that's a great place to end right there. That's, that's powerful. Mark, this has been great. Um, People are going to want to get in touch with you. People are going to want to figure out uh, how they can get connected to Pastors in Transition. How do people get in touch with, with Pastors in Transition? What's the best way to, for them to do that? Uh, the best way is really you can, you can reach me directly. Um, uh, Mark at pastorsintransition.net. Uh, there's that email. And I've, another email you can use is just my name, markfitter at me.com. Markfitter at me.com. Either one, that or marketpastorsintransition.net. Either way, uh, please reach out because uh, I've got a heart and everyone, a part of Pitt has a heart to help you. And we want to help you and you can transition into something even greater than where you are now. Mark, that's been great. We're going to link to all of that in the show notes and uh, as well as the webpage. Thanks for your time today, Mark. Uh, thank you for starting this ministry. I know we're helping people find hope, help, and healing in the middle of their job and career transition. I'm excited for the podcast to highlight that and uh, everything that we can do moving forward. Thanks so much. God bless you. Well, that was a really encouraging and insightful interview. I'm so thankful for the vision and the action that Mark took to begin Pastors in Transition. Be sure to share this podcast with pastors, families, uh, friends that you have who are facing transition in the middle of it, and those who may find this helpful. Don't forget to check out the website, pastorsintransition.net. That's pastorsintransition.net for all of the details of our ministry. 
Be sure to rate and review this podcast and, of course, subscribe to it so you don't miss an episode. Speaking of episodes, next time we have Ron Henry with us. Here's an excerpt from that conversation. And we got into a discussion and he and it was so emotional. He said, I feel I so feel led to go on and help build another church. But I feel guilty of leaving here because I was told I should be here for life. Mm. See, he gotten into a maintenance mode. I mean, the man was in tears. We spent hours on the phone just walking through it. Right. So where the mistake is made is that going into the assignment and you say you have an elder board or board of directors or whatever the organization is or an executive team, you never discuss what, what do we do when the assignment is over? Hmm. And if you do that, then you can come up with a transition plan. That's next time on the podcast with more great interviews lined up. Again, take a minute, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button and the alert bell to stay up to date with each and every podcast. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. And I hope that you find the hope, help and healing for your transition.